Tipperary Arts. Funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Now, it's very rarely that I would read uh, a book in one sitting uh, from cover to cover, and I certainly did with a book called Kerry, My Inspiration. It's written by Clodagh Sweeney, who's with me in studio. Good morning to you, Clodagh. Good morning, Fran. And congratulations to you on the book, because it is the most incredible story, and you've been on the most incredible uh, journey. Will you tell me about Kerry, just to begin with? Um, Kerry was a beautiful little girl, um... She was full of sparkle, loved her clothes. She had the most electric smile. She spoke with her ears, her eyes, her smile, her face. The way she'd present her body would let you know how she's feeling. Um, she loved cuddles. She loved music. She was the light of so many people's lives. She, I think anyone that knew Carrie in their lifetime, and I think a lot of people that have already read the book, that have reviewed it for me, have said they feel like they know Carrie by mm. reading the book. Um, I think they'll be the better themselves for reading it. And she changed so many people's lives. Um, like you, Kerry, you said at times she was like a rock star when she went around in her wheelchair. Yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm five foot nothing. And when I wheeled Carrie in her wheelchair and to be beside her, um, I felt six foot tall and I was so proud that Kerry looked like me because I it's, it's a terrible thing to say but I wanted people to know I was her mammy and not her carer even though I was just so so proud of her I had to have people know she was mine because she was amazing Will you tell me about the pregnancy I mean the pregnancy w- went along well you were healthy and well yeah. and your baby was healthy and well isn't, it? isn't that the way it was? Claude? Yeah I had a perfect pregnancy um, I was 10 days over due so I went in to have Kerry I was being brought in on the Saturday to be induced on the Monday but they induced me on the Sunday which I found out later by law you're not allowed to be induced on a Sunday in case something goes wrong and the first nurse, the first midwife I had, she was amazing. Really, really, really good. Um, unfortunately, f- the changeover came at eight o'clock that night and the second midwife wasn't so nice. And you said the atmosphere changed completely. Absolutely changed. Ward. She was just rude. She was obnoxious. It's the only way she had no... To be, for me, to be a midwife, you have to have kindness. There was none of that shown to me in any shape or form by the second midwife. So what happened then? She... I was... It was obviously my first full... Um, I had had a miscarriage previous to that, but this was my first full-term yes. baby. So I was ignorant in the sense that I didn't know you couldn't have... Uh, um, what do you call it? The... Epidural. Epidural, yes, yeah. sorry. Um, at, at a certain time, you were gone past it and you couldn't have it. So the pain was absolutely horrendous. And um, I did ask for the epidural a couple of times, but I refused it. I went to the bathroom and up until then I had gas in the air. And when I came back from there, from the bathroom, she took the wheels off the bed and moved the... Um, moved me so I couldn't reach the gas in the air and I asked her could I have it back and she said no. She was just cruel from start to finish and it was only that a doctor, she did try and vacuum me and I don't know what kicked in then because 
I, I just knew something was wrong. Mm. I didn't know what was and wrong. And you began to rebel then at this yeah, stage, Yeah, I did. Yeah. She did go to vacuum me and I will admit I did tell her I'd put her through the walls of my feet if she came any closer because I knew something was wrong but to what extent I didn't know. And it was only that a doctor walked into the room to get something out of a press um, who had examined me three weeks later. I shouted over to him, are you going to give it to me? And he looked at me and he said, give you what? I said, the epidural. And then he looked at the screen and he could see I was in trouble. Um, and he then arranged for, he asked me, what did I want? I said, I just want it out of me. I said, I, I need it out. And he was the one that said he'd get a section, emergency section straight away. What happened then with the emergency section? Well, I was knocked out completely. And my husband at the time um, had said to me, when we, I was in and out of consciousness all the time and they told um, Chalky that um, we'd had a perfectly healthy baby boy, which they got wrong. They came back and told him, sorry, we made a mistake. It was a perfectly healthy baby girl. And then it wasn't during the night I was in and out and in and out of consciousness and I kept asking him, is our, is our baby OK? And he told me we'd had a healthy baby girl. So I wasn't worried. Around six o'clock that morning, a doctor came in and... Um, she said to me, your baby is very ill. And um, I was saying, no, no, we have a perfectly healthy baby. And she said, no, you don't. She said, and you need to get her christened. She said, um, more than likely she's going to die. So straight away I looked for Father Breen because he's my priest. Well, I know him since I was knee-high to yeah. a grasshopper, but our local priest as well. And this, she said, no, you haven't got time. You need to get a priest now. So their own priest came up to baptise Kerry. And at that stage, my brother Liam and his wife Pamela had come over and um, they brought us into the unit where Kerry was and there was tubes and everything hanging out of her. And until then, I didn't actually know the extent of what was going on while we were christening her. There was, there was doctors there waiting literally to pounce on if something went wrong. And eventually at four o'clock that evening, they stabilised her enough to get her down to Washford. And normally they don't take the mother with the child, but um, they took me in a separate ambulance. So I knew when I was being brought down as well, that was it was very, very serious. At what stage were you told about how profound it was, though, and, and the life-limiting um, effect it would have on Kerry? At what stage were, were you informed about that? When I really knew of Kerry's proper condition and what was going on, Kerry was actually six months old. We were at that stage after being transferred. We were so lucky and blessed. Um, Dr. Gillian Lawler was covering maternity leave at our local GP service at the time. And she got me in contact to see Dr. Eddie McGrath, God rest his soul. And only for Dr. Eddie McGrath taking Kerry in at six months old, I don't know where we would have been. He was our lifesaver, so he was. And at that time, we were kind of in between because there was maternity leave going on. and. Then after that, Dr Condon came on board, on board with us and from the day she came on board with us as well, she was a life send and has been with us since the day she was actually with us when Kerry passed. Um, she was well, she was down within minutes of Kerry passing and was with us throughout the night a few times and fantastic. But Dr Eddie McGrath was the doctor. He originally examined her and told us Kerry used to scream 16, 20 hours a day for the first six months of her and life. Tell us about that because I can't imagine, I mean those of us who have been lucky enough to have 
you know, healthy kids. I mean, it's difficult enough, yeah. particularly in the early months, but 24-7 barely describes what, yeah. what, what you had to do to care for Carrie. Yeah, it was awful to see your child in such pain. And a lot of the time there was never any tears. It was just screaming and screaming and having doors closed in your face. um, I had been told by one particular doctor, there's nothing wrong with your child, Mrs. Brett, only she's a spoiled brat and you have her the way she is. Now, I'm sorry, but that's not acceptable, not acceptable behaviour from anybody. And um, coming back, being sent up to Dr. Eddie McGrath was like going in to, it was like one big massive huge mm. hug because every time he saw you he's seen you, he's seen your child he had empathy, he was so caring mm. he'd have Kerry whipped up out of the bed you know before and, and what I loved about him Clodagh was that he always paid homage to the mother's instinct yeah. didn't he? Big time and yeah. The, all the doctors that were training under him while I was there, that was the one thing he kept saying. Make sure you listen to the parents. They know their child better than anyone. Um, he was, it was, and we stayed in Clamell Hospital that time for a full month. And they really looked after us so well. And like Kerry cried and cried. They turned her inside out and outside in to get every test done that they possibly could do. And during that stay, that's when Dr. Eddie McGrath told me, he asked, he came into me one day just to have a chat and see how I was. And he said, Claudia, do you know the extent of what's wrong with Kerry? And I said, I know a bit, but I really don't. And he sat down and explained everything to me. And that was the day that I asked him, will Kerry live a full life? And he told me no. And that's heartbreaking. Do you know, to know your child isn't going to... But at the same time, the other side of it is when we came to the extent when Kerry was, like Kerry really was, um, had the needs of a newborn baby and more on top of that with medication and needs. But it's a relief to know that Kerry will never have to, I can't, I won't be leaving Kerry behind because nobody could have minded Kerry the way I did. There's just, it couldn't, she was just, she was ruined. We all had her ruined and she just loved being at home. She loved, she loved she did love life, but she did suffer in life as well, God bless her. She suffered a lot. At what point were you fully aware that Kerry's condition was due to negligence? Not until I was in Clamell Hospital. That's when it was actually fully explained to me. Um, there was a few things that one particular gynaecologist asked me a few questions, and this particular doctor did tell me, said, Clodagh, what happened at your birth shouldn't have happened. Um, we did go back to Kilkenny looking for answers, um, they we asked asked all the questions. They said they'd rearrange another appointment for us to get answers. That time I looked as well to see the midwife in question. The head of midwifery agreed that I should meet her. The head of nursing said absolutely not that they would protect her. And my argument was that she just should know that what she did, so that she wouldn't redo it again. Um, so that day, the second time that we went back for answers. Um, she, the head of nursing said to me um, basically they weren't going to give me what I looked for. I said look I'll go away once I know what's happened and she told me no, sue us and I said fine if you want to play hardball we'll play hardball but I will get answers. And you did and I hope you don't mind my saying but, but you know money was tight enough but you did choose to to sue. To, I did yeah, yeah because I just thought not even for Kerry, for other kids. Like, yes. it's happening too often. And that's one thing that, one of the reasons I wrote this book, and Dr. Eddie McGrath has, was the doctor that actually asked me to write this book. And um, 
I just felt and he felt it's happening too much in too many hospitals and it happens everywhere like you can't just pinpoint one has- hospital it happens yes. and um, he said it shouldn't be happening and for hospitals to put parents through all this turmoil it's it's wrong. It should be just admitted. You 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 fought, and boy, had you to fight because they yeah. fought you all all the way. Eventually, then there was a decision, and there was an apology, but not not till you went through the wars with them. Yeah, I wouldn't settle until I got an apology because for me, like we could have got a lot more money, but it wasn't about the money. Yeah. It was about I needed them to give me an apology, give my daughter an apology. And I needed them to know what they did was wrong. And I wanted people to know that, um, you know, they're not always right. So I wanted admittance. That was my big thing. Admittance had to be given. And I got that. The toll it took on you, uh, the toll it took on your relationship, uh, for instance, as well. And, yeah. and sadly, that didn't work out. And I can see why, too, to a large extent, because mm. the pressure must have been unbelievable, you know. It was. And to be honest, I wasn't the same person after having Kerry, because after having a child, you do change anyway. Mm. But we had more of a fight, you know, with Kerry, because everything revolved around Kerry. And, and so it should have done. Mm. Um, and it's just, look, things don't work out. Mm. Things like, thankfully, we're good friends. Yes. Um, and that's a blessing. So there's no point in arguing. You know, it's and you you had another child then, a, a healthy daughter. Yeah, yeah. I got, had Lucy in Clamell. I went in a year previous to getting pregnant to make sure I'd be given a section because um, I we we wanted another child, and yes. um, I had to know that she'd be okay because no point in saying I wasn't frightened. I was terrified in case the same thing would happen again. And to have Lucy and to be awake having her and have an epidural awake and to see, do you know, to be able to feel everything, it was fabulous. And I got to experience what proper labour should be like. It was beautiful from start to finish. There's loads of the story we're skipping here, needless to say. But as as Kerry got older, um, some of her condition worsened greatly, particularly, I think, the scoliosis. Yeah. And eventually then there was an operation there. Would you just tell us some of that experience? Because, to be honest with you, I found that the most harrowing aspect of, mm. of uh, the book because she was in such pain and distress. She finally, after a long fight as well, got the operation. Yeah, we eventually got the operation. I fought What age was she? Uh, sorry, Claudia, what, um, uh, at this point? Kerry was... Oh goodness! She was about nine, was she? No, no, she was. She was a little bit older than yeah. that. Right. Um, God, sorry, you're right, catching me in the not, half. Not at all. Exactly. But anyway, so ten, eleven, maybe. She was. Two, it was back in two thousand and fourteen. Okay. And um, she had her first operation on her back, and basically, I was told that children carry was. She was in an awful lot of pain, and I was told because of her condition that. The HSE wouldn't waste an operation on a child like Kerry because she wouldn't survive it. You were told yeah, that? straight out. So I did play dirty. I played very dirty because I had to get Kerry our operation. And um, I said to them that I rang my solicitors that won Kerry's court case and I asked them for the media, would they be interested in the story that they were refusing Kerry's operation? And they were biting at the tooth. So when I revealed all this, the operation was done. And you shouldn't have to do that. You should not have to do that. At the end of the day, I have no bitterness over what happened. But at least look after her. They messed up with Kerry's birth. Look after her. I wasn't asking for much. And they did the operation. The operation 
um, was successful for almost a year. And I'd like to point out, I had been told that Kerry would be in hospital and probably in ICU for up to a month. I had her home within a week of the operation. That's how tough my little Kerry was. She was as tough as nails and they could nobody tell me any different. She was actually, when I came out, of th- when she came out of theatre, when I saw her, she was, um, the tube was up out of her throat and everything. That's how tough my curry was. Sadly, that operation didn't prove to be successful. No. Well, would you tell us what happened then? Because So eventually the bar came away from the top of the spine. Um, things got really, really bad. They were saying that there wasn't space to have her operated on. So eventually the hole came in the top of her spine and the bar came out through the top of her spine. Through her skin? Through her skin. And myself and my now husband had to change her dressing every two, every second day. And the the um, nursing care used to come, come, the local nursing care in Feathered used to come down and keep an eye on it too and change it for us. But um, it needs to be done every, sometimes every day. And it got so hard I couldn't do it on my own. So my husband did it with me. And... Um, the uh, when I spoke to the doctor about that, um, he told me children like Kerry don't feel pain like you and me. And when the hole becomes the size of a fifty pence piece, give us a shout. So eventually, I did meet him again, and um, I said, basically, the argument started. The operation is needed. Kids were going to england for the operation i asked for kerry to be sent to england and the heel of the hunt was he didn't want to send kerry to england because he'd started the operation and wanted to finish it i very stupidly sat there and said that's no problem i said finish it then do it and he wouldn't he said he hadn't the time and i said but what are you going to do then send us to england and he said no and I just looked at him I said are you telling me you won't send my daughter to england to have the operation done because of your ego and he said, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I felt sick to the pit in my stomach and I just actually, I had to get up and walk away. I had to walk out. I knew I was fighting the He battle. didn't want you to go because I would have showed up. Because mm, he had started the operation. He wanted to finish it. But yes, I would have been fine if he had said to me, right, we'll book Kerry in for a week's time, two weeks time, we'll do it. But he didn't even have that courtesy to do it. She, was, she is my child. How dare any doctor sit in front of me and tell me my daughter doesn't deserve an operation. She's no different to any other person. Yes, she has a dip- had a huge disability, but my God, she deserved to be treated with respect and dignity, which she did not get. What strikes me about your story, Claudia, is that you've seen both the, the, the wonderful care, uh, uh, health care, yeah. and you've seen some of the worst of it as mm. well. When the HSE is good, and I do want to point that out, there is amazing facilities. Mm. We have a PD, paediatrician ward here in Clamell. Our paediatrician ward here in Clamell, for me, from what I saw of it, is absolutely amazing. We got first class treatment in Clamell Hospital. And um, the from nursing care to the cleaners to the doctors to everyone, fantastic. They also have another facility, the CRC, Central Remedial Clinics. They're all over the country. Fantastic service. And they treat a curry like pure royalty. Um, there are such fantastic services. When Kerry eventually had to get a peg tube put in, when we'd go anywhere on holidays, you can box your stuff up and it's sent to wherever you're going free of charge. So when the HSE do good things, they do it brilliantly. And it's just a pity that those small little things that they do wrong are such, but they're massive things. 
Life changing. Life changing, yeah. I think myself, it's there's too many pen pushers and not enough people seeing reality. What they need in the system is people that live reality. Speak to people that live reality. Like all these programmes you're seeing in prime time with these poor children suffering with their backs. That's reality. There's none of them making up that stories. Believe me, you, I have lived it. And I've seen the cruelty of it. And I was one of the lucky ones. Kerry was a ward court, so I was able to take Kerry to um, the UK to have Kerry operated on. The doctor that operated on Kerry in the UK, he said the way that she was left, he said an animal wouldn't have been left like it. He said it was absolutely disgusting. He said that yeah. to Yeah, he did. And he was amazing. She was treated so well over there. She had the operation redone over there. <coughs> and, you know, it was it shouldn't have happened because all good and well for us, we were able to afford it through the wards yes. court. But there's kiddies out there that need it and they can't do that. They haven't got the wards court behind them. And it's not fair. Every child should be treated the very same. They shouldn't be treated any differently. I found the the last few weeks of her life, uh, reading about it, I just found absolutely heartbreaking. So I can't imagine what it was like for you. But it certainly illustrated to me, Claude, that your bond with her was remarkable. Yeah. I mean, she spent those last weeks literally in your arms. She did, yeah. I didn't go to bed for... It was three weeks, I think nearly four weeks before, um, that I'd been in bed um, because I just wanted to inhale every second I had with her. And I knew time was coming close and, as I said, there's plenty of time to sleep afterwards. We had the most beautiful bond. I literally can still feel Kerry breathing inside me and it's so, so special and I think that's what pulls me through every single day. Um, I was blessed that our bond was so close um, you couldn't but, my God, she had the most beautiful big eyes that would just look up at you and her eyes told such a story. And at the end of the day, she looked for very little. She just wanted to hug you. She would, she, we had our special place in the couch and we'd sit in and she'd come in and cuddle into my chest and she'd just go, <sighs> and that was her. She was happy. You know, we'd sit for, we could sit for hours watching, say yes to the dress, but we were in our little bubble, happy. She made it to 16. She died on her 16th birthday, yeah. I remember Mammy saying to me during the week, um, she's going to make it, Claude. And I was saying, I was getting cross at Mammy. I said, Mammy, don't do it. Don't say that, please. I said, she's suffering too much. She needs to go. And I ate my words, so I did. <laughs> Mammy was so right. Um, Kerry, to me, I had remarried in the July of that summer. Kerry was my matron of honour. And um, she had, to me, she she had said to herself, right, my little sister has just started secondary school. She's settling in. My mammy is married and she's okay. She's going to be looked after by Mark. And my time on earth is done. It's time for me to go. And I think she died on her 16th birthday because she didn't want her time on earth to be her time on earth to be remembered as a sad time so she wanted her birth to die on her birthday so it can be a celebration as well so I had to honour that for, for Kerry because um, for a funeral I asked that people would wear bright colours that we'd celebrate her life instead of mm. um, it being such a sad sadness complete even though it was the saddest day of my entire life um, I had to honour her and make sure that people wore pinks, purples, glitters um, I couldn't have worn the pinkest jumpsuit ever. <laughs> I had to for Kerry and a bit of glitter. I had to on her. And just finally, you spoke very movingly about the void that was created then when, when she died um, for you because it was 16 years of yeah. 
unbelievable closeness. Yeah, that was something I wasn't ready for. I wasn't ready for because not alone did I lose Kerry, I lost all the, the medical people that we were involved with throughout the years. You lose so many people around you. Um, the loss Lucy had, Lucy was like a little nurse to Kerry. Their bond was absolutely indescribable. Poor Lucy, Mrs. Kerry, something unbelievable. But I can tell you, Lucy has a lot to be proud of the way she looked after her big sister. Um, the loss, there is no words. There is no words. But I cannot thank God enough for giving me Kerry for 16 years. I wouldn't change a second of it. As much as I would love to have Kerry back with me, I'd never ask Kerry to come back with me in the pain that she's in. If I could have Kerry back as healthy as could be, I would give up everything just to have her back. But that's not possible. But I could not thank God enough for giving her to me for those 16 beautiful years. Well, Claude, from the book, I think we all would know Kerry if if we read the book. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it, it really does give us an indication of what it was like throughout mm. that uh, journey. But it's, I mean, you say Kerry, my inspiration, but certainly this was an inspiration. I mean, you're an incredible <laughs> woman, incredible woman for what you've done. This has been launched tonight, isn't it? Tonight in the Talbot Hotel between half seven and half nine. Right, OK. And the book available? Um, so I self-published, so mm-hmm. I've yet to go around to shops to see will they take it in to, for, to sell it for me on my behalf. Jimmy O'Sullivan in O'Sullivan's Pharmacy in Feathered is mm. going to have it on sale. Who was remarkable to you as well. Oh, he was yeah. amazing throughout yeah. her lifetime. Yeah, really, really good. And he's MC for me tonight, which I'm so proud of. Excellent. And um, it will be available. It's available on Amazon, Amazon Kindle. And I've got copies as well, so people can contact me Very if they want good. to. Well, it's a wonderful read. As I say, I, I read it in one sitting. It's called Kerry, My Inspiration by Clodagh Sweeney. Clodagh, thanks for your time Thank today. You and much. I hope you have a wonderful launch tonight as well. Thank thanks you. very much indeed. Appreciate it. That's it for me. Leanne produced Ali, looked after her content. Stephen is on the way, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.